Ah, the wheels are in motion. Yes, they are. Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. You know how insufferable I can be when I go, Scotty, 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 when I'm all excited and you have to wonder, do I have something useful or even anything at all to say? And 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 even the way I go, Scotty, Scotty, Scotty is in its own way very, very annoying. John, I am just so, uh, I mean, you know, I'm just so overwhelmed by you that I've really given up getting overexcited when you say Scotty, 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 because it's like, you know, what is the next major thing you're going to say you, you know like you know you've just been the the first man on mars or something you know <laughs> i just had a flash of something i could have said involving another planet but i i'm not going to do that <laughs> <laughs> because we're far too mature for that aren't we indeed but this is one of those rare occasions when i when i go scotty 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 I actually have something um entertaining to to talk about can i talk about something entertaining john Entertain us. Okay. Da, 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 ba, 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 da, da. Oh, that's The Entertainer, which is a song from a movie called The Sting, but that's a million years ago. But anyway, uh, this Monday there was the special edition of Hack Day at work, and it was judged by Jerry Seinfeld, the famous comedian and all-around um, really interesting person. Uh, it was judged by him and the, the chief content officers, Ted Sarandos, um, uh, who's really the the person that oversees all of our, our content production down in, in sunny, perfect ho- uh, Hollywood. Um, and it was really fun. And guess what? Scotty, 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 we won. We you won, came we won, third? We won. <laughs> no, we won. <laughs> We won. We actually, we, we technically, I say we tied because they, they, it's, it, I'll tell you all about it. They, they, because there were two judges, they said, in honor of that, we're going to give two, we're going to award two winners because they said they like this, they like both of them. Um, anyway, so I will tell you about it. Um, so uh, Jerry Seinfeld was invited to come up uh, for the day to to kind of ask questions and, and see a little bit how software is done and the type of systems we have here. So there was a one-hour session where he was being interviewed um, uh, by a fellow named Todd Yellen who was asking him questions about, you know, his career and and, and his process. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's interesting and entertaining just on its sheer face if, if you know and like his work. But I found it very interesting in thinking about how it relates to the stuff we do because there were some particular things he was talking about which were really about debugging a particular joke and 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 how you know how to know when it's okay to to let go of something and 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 when you can hold on so you know one of the questions that was asked what i found interesting is saying well you know in the in the era of internet tv where you don't have to have commercial breaks if you were to do the seinfeld show again you know what would it would it be better or would it be different and he goes actually it wouldn't be better because there's actually the constraints that you have to have is that you shoot an episode and it comes down to 31 minutes or so and um uh you know, if you're forced to have to, to to cut it down to the 22 minutes of actual running time, that forces you to then to just cull the stuff that's not the very, very best, um, which I think is something that anybody that works on product um, has to face all the time. So that was interesting. Then the other one had to do with the, the very specific timing of a joke. He had a joke that he said, I really love it. I think it's so funny. It's so great, you know, um, but I would use it and it wouldn't get anywhere near the laughs that I expected to. I could never figure out why I couldn't do it, but I couldn't stop doing it because I loved it too much you know does that sound familiar and then um and then he said somebody was like well it's the exact phrase is it's, it's off it's not you know you shouldn't say it that way you should say it this way and it was said the same thing but it ended up being like an extra syllable or two um and and by virtue of that the timing of it 
changed the, the the amount of time people you know would have to kind of think about the the punchline, and they said all of a sudden it started getting laughs. So it's both the case of cutting things when they're not awesome, and and not also giving up on on something that you intuitively think should really work, but you haven't really figured out how to make it work yet. So that I, I found really really valuable and interesting. And then during the afternoon, they had a, a hack day presentation where they invited uh, nine hacks uh, that uh, w- ran over the last couple of hack days, including the most recent one, Studio. And uh, iNav was among them. In fact, it was the first one that was presented. So we were all nervous because you know we figured that you know we were confident since we'd won before, and 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 we were you know uh, tuned our our eye tracking system to make it work a little bit better. Um, and uh, modified something to, to, to add Jerry uh, Jerry and other Seinfeld characters as, as profiles to work with, so kind of adapted a little bit. Um, but then the other thing, Scotty, when you're going to make a presentation, it actually helps to practice. Who, who knew? But uh, this is a new innovation that we've introduced in public speaking as practicing. <laughs> But 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 even then, you know, uh, he was asked a question about kind of preparing for for going out in a show, and he said he said, you know, the reality is is that you, you can't really know. You know, you could be completely exhausted, you could be hungover, you could be whatever, and then go on to give the best presentation you've ever done, do do the best set, whatever, just completely nail it. And by the same token, you could be all rested and happy and feel like you're super prepared and completely blow it. So it's like you can't know, and as a result, you just kind of. You have to keep going. You know, there'll be some good, there'll be some bad, there'll be some amazing, there'll be some terrible. It's just the reality of any type of performance. So I thought that was interesting. But taking a lesson from cooking, it's like you have to you have to practice, especially if you've got two minutes to do it or one minute to to give your your talk. You just have to practice it so that you can, if nothing else, do it the wrong way enough time so that you've kind of gotten that out of you, and then and then just leave it, just let it relax, take the take the meat off the grill, let it become juicy and relax. Because if you practice up to the last second, you'll be over rehearsed. So I think we we got that done, and and the, it, it just it went very very smoothly. Uh, and then we had to to face the the judge for for two minutes of interrogation where they're asking various questions. Um, and off we went. And then the next presenter was something called Jump the Shark, which also was super good. It was like this thing of uh, imagining if you could just have kind of like a skip ahead to a very specific type of area. So uh, it, it's a reference to this Happy Days show from a million years ago. If you've heard the phrase Jump the Shark, that's kind of instead of Jump the Shark, it's Jump to Shark. So they took this movie called Sharknado, which is this stupid B movie, and they said, if you're going to watch a movie about sharks, just be able to watch sharks. So they put up a little, they determined all the areas in, in the movie or, you know, where there's sharks. And just every time they would put up a button when there's not a shark, it's like, hmm, quick jump to shark. So, you know, predictably, uh, they love that one. And so at the end, when the, all the, the, the hacks had been presented, you know, they did the live presentation and, uh, uh, you know, kind of deliberation. And he says, should we do this live? It's like, absolutely. We're all about real-time feedback here. I says, well, I really love the, the, you know, Jerry said, I really love the INAV, the eye tracking thing. But, man, you know, it, it, it's the, the jump to shark. I jumped a good part. That's what I'm going to rename it. And it's like, I just, every that's a, that's an instant winner. And even though INAV is technically more, you know, sophisticated and more impressive, I just really love jump to shark. And then Ted Sarandos said exactly the same thing. So at that point, you know, we're thinking he's like, well, okay, well, we're not going to win, but we're really happy that that our esteemed friends and colleagues won. And and they had been all nervous, like, oh, we're not going to win, you're going to win. So then they did that, and then the the presenter says, well, you know, 
we've we've just finished our secret deliberation, and because there are two judges, we're going to give two awards. So come on down, INAV, and 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 jump the shark. And so we trotted on down there, um, and we got Lucite Awards with a nice design. And the the funny punchline is that the 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 award was was called the contest, which is a reference to a particular episode of Seinfeld. I'll leave a link uh, so people can see what that's about um, because we can't talk about that on a family friendly podcast. Um, but it was signed by him, uh, and I thought it was fun. So that was my exciting Monday, Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. I have nothing else. So did you change your, I mean, because you did a, you're always saying for your hack day, you do a video, and yep. then you do a presentation. Did you, you said you're practicing, did you change your video? or nope. did you just change your presentation? Nope, kept the same video. And, and the nice thing is, is that in the end of the video, we made a reference to a kind of a, a famous thing with this kind of blowhard former Fox News guy, uh, uh, which which got a sustained laugh out of Jerry Seinfeld. I thought that was good, so um, that was cool. So we did the the, the video presentation, and then uh, walked forward and 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 did the the demo. And I have to say, kind of, you know, I think my presentation was smooth. The software worked flawlessly, and I have to give a big shout out to to, to Canadian Steve, the Mister Beard Man, who did excellent camera work. Because what part of the thing that we we practice, and it seems small details, but it's really important. You're on stage, and, these, and you kind of have to figure out where you're going to be, obviously, but also how you're going to get there, because every second counts. And even 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 just knowing in advance where you're going to be just helps. I mean, there's, these are stupid things that every, everybody who's ever performed in theater, they always have kind of tape marks on, on the, on the stage. So you know exactly where your marker is. And, and even my colleagues, they say, why do we, you know, we'll just walk out. What's your problem? It's like, no, it actually matters because just because of, uh, you had to keep in factor the HDMI cable to which the, the phone, which was just using the camera to kind of shoot over the shoulder, the actual software running on there while I'm giving the presentation. What Steve was very, very good at is that, you know, we, we had, you know, the kind of the hit point of it. First, people are amazed. Oh, wow. You can, you know, attract your, you know, use your eye to, to move something around the screen. But the thing that of course gets the laughs is, is sticking your tongue out. And so we talked about kind of, you know, voting with your attention where you kind of keep the, 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 the cursor, the little, you know, yellow dot focused on an area for long enough for somebody to say, okay, we think that's the button that you want to, to press or the, collection view cell that you want to select great but then after and and that got big award you know big applause and i was i was about to go running through my presentation with this the applause started i could you know start stirring my hand and stirring up the audience applause which was great and then i said you know it's like but now what happens if he decides that he doesn't really love what's going on there how can he vote with another gesture and just at that moment steve kind of pulled the camera back and focused it on on ben who then stuck out his camera his his tongue Big laughs, and then back to the over over the actual software, so that they could see the playback had stopped, which they could hear, but then they could see it on the screen. This technique really does work, but it does it does require these confluence of things. It's just it's it's kind of a devastating formula, and I shouldn't be giving away our secrets, but you know, not only do you have to have the formula, but you have to actually execute on it. So we can we can say that you are now a, a, a hack day expert, having won three now. Is that three? That's it's three. Yes. That's the last three you've been in, isn't it? Yes, but that's again so, after, so after the bitter how defeat. How hard is it going to be when you're going to come tumbling down and only come second next time or something? I, you, I, you, I, I, you know what's going to happen? It's going instead of being Scotty, 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 it's going to be oh, Scotty. We lost. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, and now you've been hanging out with people like uh, you know Jerry Seinfeld. Are you you're going to be wanting like, like two million dollars an episode for this or something? <laughs> 
I don't think so, yeah. Because uh, t- you're not worth it, if we're totally honest. <laughs> oh, That's my sucks. God. It's, it, it's, it's time for some more ASMR, where you can hear the tears streaming, streaming, streaming I just, down I just my felt, cheek. You've been a little too happy recently, and I, I've been a little <laughs> bit too nice to you. And okay, We fine. just, just need, need, you, need to bring you back a little bit to your, your normal, miserable, downtrodden self. Oh, fine, <laughs> fine, fine, fine. <laughs> So I guess what you've been doing this, you've not been doing any real work then? Uh, well, no, that's not true either. I actually have been doing some real work as well, um, which involves, uh, it's, I still probably can't talk about it in details, but I talked last week about how kind of uh, Stackview saved, saved myself, saved the world. Well, now it, it comes down also to something where trying to decide about how you combine an icon and some text which modifies what's in the icon and the decision comes down to do you have a server side service that will render those two together because we we do do those things and you know a lot of our 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 title treatments and and posters poster art and and story art can all be you know you can send down the separate pieces and composite on the client or you can ask the server to do it and we have a kind of similar issue for what we're doing here and it's a question of you know it's stupid details because it's like you can take the original artwork for the iconography, which is always done in Sketch, and Sketch can export it in PDF and JPEG, and they can also do SVG and 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 whatnot. And, and we like working with 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 PDF because you can define the size that you want it to be, but when you bring it into Xcode, you can you know optionally preserve the vector data. And what will Xcode will do is it, it will render it at build time uh, for the necessary sizes. It just takes care of that for you, which is very, very handy. And you don't have to worry about, you know, the old things you had to do with like 1X and 2X and 3X of, of, of having bitmap images. So th- there's something really nice for that. But on the other hand, if there's other short bits of text that need to be modified, that could potentially be an interesting service. And then you have the question of like, how do you cache those? Because there are a lot of these icons that need to be, and they're, they're kind of timing sensitive. So you couldn't just kind of put up a screen and deal with the fact that they're going to be asynchronously loaded and not be there so you'd have to you'd have to pre-catch them and if you're going to do this it's it's one of those things that have to be there all the time um, because they're part of the user interface they're not kind of ephemeral uh you know imagery or or, or text that that you would expect um and so that, that there are these design decisions about where we do it because there's a, a reasonably small number of combinations right now but we're pretty certain that, that that's going to grow, um, especially after we start shipping it. So, again, kind of can't give the final details, but it gives you an idea about some of the design considerations. And so we're looking at that. on, And, and it, it's another case where, you know, uh, there's a certain set of con- design constraints on Android, which where they absolutely favor, you know, ship as absolutely little as you can because they need to get the, the binary sizes down as low as possible versus for us you know we want to put pdfs in the project android supports svg natively and uh, and as far as i understand they will render it native natively and and ios i can't really tell whether they do or they don't i mean i think technically they do they just don't make a kind of public api you can't load an svg or, or a pdf but you know w- with the the new icon fonts that they were proposing it's like hey you can construct them yourselves from svg but it's a case where i'm pretty sure that all that's happening is Xcode is rendering them at the particular size at build time, not not you know rendering um, 
on the fly at runtime, which I get why, because an SVG and a PDF can be of arbitrary complexity, and it would, whereas a bitmap, you can profile, you can have a pretty good idea about how long it's going to take, and you can be assured that it will be done, you know, within a reasonable amount of time. In PDF, you could you could easily ship a PDF that couldn't render or would take forever to render, and that wouldn't be good. So, yeah, Scotty, I have been doing real work. So there. Well, there we are. You, you've proven it. Well done. Thank you. That's uh, that, that's good to know that um, you're not just spending your entire time hanging out with, you know. Not just a Hollywood, pretty face. Hollywood superstars and, you yeah. know, just, you know, drinking champagne for breakfast and all that of it. Sometimes, sometimes you're down in the muck with the rest of us. Yeah, exactly. And how have you been, Scotty, Scotty, Scotty? Oh, I've had a um, a week of string frustration still. Mm. Um, I'm doing Do a you lot string, of string us along? I will string you. I'm doing a lot of string parsing at the moment and stuff that I'm doing. And, um, you know, I've got uh, the same code under Xcode 10.1 and under Xcode 10.2, both setting things to... Uh, use Swift 4.2 and yet sort of uh, giving me different ranges on exactly the same strings <laughs> um, and uh, stuff like this. And then you move to Xcode 5 and you've got the UTF-8, U- uh, UTF-16 um, changes. And I'm just, you know, I'm just sort of sat in, um, you know, imagine a string as, uh, just imagine me tied up in balls of string. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, we're not having a clue what's going on anymore. So it's a, it's one of those um, I'm one of those places where I'm sure there is a lack of understanding of something going on in my mind, and the moment I understand uh, that what that one or two or three things are, suddenly I realise why everything that is happening is happening. But at the moment, it's just not um, uh, it's just not doing it for me, uh, which makes life difficult. So I keep going finding other things to do, and but having to keep coming back to to this one here and now. So that is uh, that makes for a frustrating time, really. Um, I can't really talk about much else that I've been working on uh, this week. So I've been mainly doing client work this week. So um, it's uh, you know, I'm not not allowed to, to speak about that at all. Uh, on the money wealth front, we're still pushing forward, but you know, it's we're still you know, not happy necessarily with our decisions of what we're doing and. Yeah, we were hoping, as I I think I explained last week, we were hoping that Beta 2, unrealistically, we were hoping that Beta 2 would help clarify for us a few more things, didn't. So now we obviously sit here waiting for Beta 3 to see if that helps at all, but it's um, not quite sure at the same time what's going. And there's just so much stuff to learn. There's so much stuff to to just play with from from WW this year. It's like you you could spend the rest of the summer just trying to, work out what all the new stuff was doing before making any decisions if you wanted to use it. But of course, you know, not really got time for that. So um, making making decisions under time pressure is, is difficult. And then you sit back and wonder, well, do we even need to make these decisions? I mean, it's not like we have to adopt this stuff straight away. But because we're writing so much new code, it seems, you know, uh, it just seems sad not to use new stuff. But there we are. I think I've just basically repeated everything I said last week. So it just sounds like I've been a week of deja vu. All yeah, over I mean, again. I'm, I'm stuck in Groundhog Week um, <laughs> is the is the thing. But um, So hopefully next week I can tell you something different. But there we are. Maybe mm. not. Maybe I'll be saying I'm fighting strings and unable to make decisions <laughs> well, about any of it. 
I learned something a little bit yesterday. I didn't quite, I mean, I was asking about why they settled on UTF-8 and, and ditched UTF-6, you know, on UTF-8 instead of uh, UTF-16. Um, uh, because it, you can you can express the same characters, but it's more often that you can do it in a single uh, a single byte where all the necessary kind of strokes and characters are, are all composited in one, and it makes it a lot easier to interoperate with, with plain ASCII because in terms of the, the lookup, I guess it's the same mechanism. Something along those lines, but that, um, that helped me understood, understand something because all our strings uh, are, are in UTF-16. Or not all. Yeah, yeah, all of them, actually. Yeah, it's all... Um... I mean, if you're just copying a string, you know, an NS string to a string or an NS mutable string or something to one thing to another, it's all that's fine. It's if you're trying to do offset calculations between, you know, maybe you're working out something that's going on, you know, inside a string uh, and you're using a Swift string, but then you've got to apply the results of that back to an NS attributed string or NS mutable attributed string. Um, and so at that point, obviously, one is in UTF-8, one is in UTF-16, and it's just about using the right um, the right methods to make stuff work. Um, a lot of the methods that were being used in the past have been deprecated recently uh, with messages such as, because people were using them wrong and most of the results would have been wrong, <laughs> sort mm. of warning messages. So it's a good deprecation in a way, and they've been changed, but the... Um, uh, you suddenly realize that when you apply the new methods, you, the old, you weren't necessarily doing what you thought you were doing with the old methods that were in the code that existed before. Um, and just trying to work out the, the subtle differences of what is what has changed and what hasn't changed. And, you know, as I said last week, string indexes I still find incredibly confusing. Um, I don't know why, just one of those things that don't stick very well in my head. Um yeah, and it's just uh, and it's just very very time consuming just to to work stuff out, especially when you know the same code just compiled with you know different version of Xcode, but in theory using the same versions of Swift, and whatever else produces totally different results. That's when you start to think, okay, there's something going on here that I need to need to understand better. But um, well, that's, what can you say? If it you, wasn't for these things, I'd have nothing to do, would I? That's true. But I think that, that it, we're seeing a pattern there because it, it, don't you really get the impression that there's a big kind of contraction of of available touch points to Apple's APIs, right? I mean, it's like, okay, they dis- they discovered that NS string in all its glory gave you all, and, and I guess the lower level things for typesetting and you know the 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 old the kind of C functions gave you the power to kind of do all the different things, but nobody could figure it out. Apple itself internally could probably barely figure it out because in the end it's touching lower level standards, which are, are can be very arcane. So they it seems like in the world of of, of Swift string they say nope. You know here's a, here's a, a simpler interface, and we're not going to give you the rope to hang yourself. And I, I get the impression that something similar is happening with with Swift UI. I mean, we'll we'll see as things develop, but you know, it, it's it's you used to be able to do absolutely anything, and now we're saying you shouldn't. And and how do you feel about that? Do you think that it's a good thing or a bad thing? Um, that's hard to tell, isn't it? That's that's hard to know because. If we just take it out of the coding um, world for a moment and look at like when Apple have done things like release a new version of Final Cut or a new version mm-hmm. of um, iMovie, which have got or a new version of iWork, which have got half the features of before, um, 
uh, and that's often because they've done you know a rewrite or something and they've just not re-implemented everything or something was they felt was not appropriate anymore you know that is you know if those features you know for, for you know a lot of people the apps still do the main things that the apps were supposed to do so everything is fine but if you're one of the people for whom your workflow totally relied on one of those now missing features that may or may not come back um depending on what the app is and what the the program going forward is um you know it's a it's a different answer um so i think uh it's always hard to lose something that you've had. For, so for people coming to the new platforms, I think the fact that they're simpler, uh, maybe less flexibility in certain places, less ways of of um, making pain points for yourself is probably a good thing. Uh, I think for those of us who are uh, used to be able to be a bit wide, it's, it's not necessarily bad unless you happen to be one of those people where <laughs> everything you were doing was based on the stuff that you can no longer do. Um, but I don't really feel that... I don't feel that what we're getting now is a simplified, not able to do things as much approach. I think what we're getting is just a totally different approach to to problem solving. Um, and the reality is those of us who've been you know, around in this world for a long time are no further forward understanding these new ones than anyone else and we don't necessarily like that and in fact some of the new kids on the block who've been playing with all the new sexy technologies that we don't want to play with because they're written in javascript or whatever else over the last three or four years are probably further forward because of their understanding of these technologies and the way apple is now implemented them than we would have been so um yeah i think well, i don't think we're necessarily looking at less i think we're looking at different and obviously we're looking at 1.0 with things like swift eye as well swift eye swift ui <laughs> see there we it's are lazy I, took, I, I took something out that was needed i took the u out <laughs> <laughs> i took you out i took you out <laughs> i took you out um so you know it's uh you, you know Go back to five years and look at Swift 1.0. Uh, yeah, Swift 1.0 is nothing like Swift 5 is today. Swift 5.1 is today. Swift has moved on so much in the last five years. And you can only assume that Swift UI will make the same sort of progress. So in, in you, know, you, you look at Swift UI now and you have to compare it with Swift 1 uh, five years ago and then make your choice. You know, Lots of people didn't get involved in Swift till Swift 3 because that's when they thought it was usable. Some people not till Swift 4. Some people are only just thinking, you know, lots of Objective-C people are now saying, well, now I think I need to use Swift because it's got ABI stability and Swift UI is coming along. Um, so there is the... I don't think we should really be... As much as I'm saying I don't think we should have to use these technologies right now, uh, because, um, you know, the old stuff is still going to be around for a while, you know, the, the, you know, we don't shouldn't judge these technologies right now either um well that's what because what swift ui is today is not what swift ui is going to be um it's just a taster of what it's going to be and we have to assume that um next year it will be better and if it's anything like the swift timeline you know maybe two years time is when it becomes really really better but anyway, mm-hmm. i don't know i'm guessing but i think those are reasonable guesses and it also comes down to the the, the question of 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 when is the good time to jump in? Because I, I kind of do wonder. It's like I, I, I suppose there's a certain amount of value of suffering 
<laughs> so if you suffered through, you know, all the changes from one to three, um, does that make you better at the end than somebody who said, yeah, I'd, and rather than suffering on something that's too bleeding edge, I'd rather ship things and focus on, on the non-code um, aspects, which are more durable. And when, when the time is ready to jump, to, to kind of jump then. So well, I was someone who was working on a reasonably large Swift code base that went that started in sort of September, October 2014 time. So I'm talking, you know, really early Swift. I mean, before it, um, I can't remember how Swift was released. I guess the I guess the Xcode wouldn't have been officially released until the September time. So probably while it was Swift would have still been considered in beta because I don't think it was even open source at that point. Um, so we took this code base through the the you know the Swift 1 to Swift 2 to Swift 3 transition and all the point things in between. Um, yeah, there were times when that was pretty ugly, but I would say still overall in that two, three-year period where that was happening, you know, we lost a week or two to conversion um, and maybe another week or two to to learning curves and making things better. I mean which isn't an insignificant amount, but equally it's not the end of the world either. Um, and I think if you adopt something new, you need to be prepared to say it's going to change as you go along. Um, but what it's meant is I've been working with Swift for five years. Uh, does that put me in a better position than someone who waited till it was five years to mature and now is going to learn it? You can learn a language pretty quickly. Um, I don't know is the answer. Um, but I think the... Uh, the fact that it's been a big pain in the transition, I think is, and for people who said that's why they've not gone with it yet, I think is possibly being oversold as a, as a, as a problem. I'm sure mm. there are code bases that have had big problems, but none of the ones I've been, been working have on. And the last couple of shifts are, you know, um, yeah, are, are a little smaller. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you sit there and think, okay, they, they've totally changed the way this works, and and now I need to really totally rethink the way this goes. But um, you know, on the whole, it's not. So so we'll see. It'll be interesting to see uh, with Swift UI. Um, you know, again, we keep hearing that it's been going on inside Apple for a long time. So does that mean it's less likely to have fundamental changes going forward? It's just going to be built on. Who knows? Because when you suddenly stick something out there and, uh, you know, a few million people start using it, that's when you maybe start realizing, yeah, that bit wasn't quite right, was it? <laughs> or, mm. or um, no, we didn't really think of that. You know, so getting things out the lab. So I think to, I don't think Swift UI is going anywhere. I don't, th I think unlike when, um, if you remember when garbage collection came in, you know, lots of people resisted that and that turned out to be a good move. Um, those who didn't, those who did go for garbage collection got a little bit bit. Um, equally, that meant that when Arc came along, a whole bunch of people resisted that as well because they thought garbage collection was an example and they shouldn't um, uh, go there. That turned out to be good. Um, so, you know, I, but I don't think, you know, I don't think Swift, I, th I think Apple have just said Swift UI is the future just like they said Swift is the future. And I think anyone who was thinking Swift would just be a sideline thing, um, you know, five years ago is now says, no, Swift is the way we're going. We're getting Swift only frameworks, all sorts of stuff. So um, 
that way. I I I I think Swift UI has got to be in that camp. Mm. Um, so at some point we're gonna to have to embrace it. It's a matter of when, not if, um, as the way forward. I don't think I think App Kit and UI Kit will continue to get updates, significant updates for quite a while, but they will slow down and they will eventually stop with all the new componentry coming in Swift UI. Um, so it's uh, but but the thing is they've made it really nice to oh really nice maybe too strong a word it's uh it's not that difficult to integrate it into your current code so by by saying well I'm going to stick with AppKit or stick with UIKit for another year um, and do stuff so for example yeah the the, the UI differable data source stuff that came out um, uh, for collection views and table views it was really nice this year so if you decide well actually I'm going to stick with yeah, my uh, UI table views and my um, UI collection views and use different data sources. You know, but then yeah, you can start introducing Swift UI somewhere else later on. It's not it's not a be all and end all. You don't have to suddenly say start new Swift UI project and everything Swift UI or nothing. So, uh, and I think whereas mixing Swift and Objective C turned out to not be quite as nice as was hoped. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't horrendous. It just wasn't quite as nice as hoped. You know, um, you know, I, I, I would hope and think that mixing this is, you know, going to be a little easier at times. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, we will see. Anyway, there we are. That's my that's my five five cents worth that that probably is totally wrong and really probably shouldn't be listened to anyway. <laughs> no, no, I think that five cents was worth at least seven. So bravo. Oh, there we are. That's a great there return on investment. Well, Scotty, I think we've now reached our, our, our comfortable limit. Um, if people want to ask you more questions about how to get you out of out of the equation. They want to get me, at the, you, out of the UI. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do I get, get you out of, of the UI? <laughs> they can get hold of me. It's, yeah. You really don't want to let me into your UI, I promise you. Uh, um, you can get hold of me on Twitter as MacDevNet, or, of course, you can get hold of both of us by sending an email to feedback at ideveloper.co right and well, john i guess i guess uh, i was just going to be quiet and see what happened but no i won't if people really want to talk to you i mean firstly can they still talk to you now you're a superstar or you've got an entourage around you who just are you going to get someone to man your twitter account and that sort of thing now if i were to man i could i could easily have an ai handling my twitter account because i only ever <laughs> use her twitter when i'm on conferences and i i'm reminded that i like it but then i go look at it and kind of when I don't have a very specific, you know, hashtag to follow or something, it's just a, it's just a soupy mess still. Um, but anyway, uh, you can find me in the soupy mess of Twitter by uh, contacting me. I'm Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. Cool. Well, well done on winning your hack day again. Um, I think I'm going to hold a hack day here at the company and see if I can win that. Um <laughs> I'm not going to tell any of the others we're holding it and then see how it goes. Okay. That's a winning strategy there, Mr. Scotty. I'll come second. You <laughs> Still. At my own hack day where I'm the only entry. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes, you had, you had one entry in three exits. <laughs> yes. I'm taking you out of it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time, you take care.
everybody. I can never tell whether, you know, we have so much fun recording this and laughing, but I, I can't tell, honestly, if anybody would ever actually laugh because I just hear people, I think that you hear people laughing. And it's like, well, I have to laugh too. That's why laugh tracks exist. But I'm wondering if anybody else laughs. We'll find out one day. <laughs>